And now, it's time to sit back and enjoy the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Broadcast. Attention, people of Earth. Do not resist us. All who oppose us shall be annihilated. We command the most powerful army of monsters in the universe. They are sure to defeat your Earth monsters. All those who are hearing this are now under the control of the Earth Destruction Directive. 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 Merry Christmas and welcome everyone to Earth Destruction Directive. As always, I am your host, Mr. Luke Giaconetti. I'd like to thank everyone once again for downloading and listening to this uh, very special Christmas episode. I try to do this every year and uh, we're, we're at it once again. So thank you very much for joining us. Uh, you know, we've uh, we've done quite a few of these. I think we've done this is our sixth uh, Power Rangers Christmas special Christmas episode of Earth Destruction Directive, and I'm glad everybody decided to come back after the last couple. But uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. They're all they're all fun in their own way. So we are. Uh, it, it's Christmas time, so we're going to talk about a Christmas special like we always do. And uh, this time we're going to be talking about the special that aired as part of Power Rangers Megaforce, which is the Robo Night Before Christmas. Now the Robo Night Before Christmas first aired on December 7th, 2013 in the United States on Nickelodeon. It was released on its own DVD, along with an extremely random pair of bonus episodes, which was uh, Team Carnival from Wild Force and Spirit of Kindness from Jungle Fury. Now, both fine episodes, but neither have anything to do with Christmas, so I'm, I'm not sure why exactly those were the ones that were picked. It's almost like they rolled dice and picked them. Uh, you can also see this on Netflix as part of Netflix's massive amount of uh, Power Rangers content, which is where I watched this particular episode. Our writer is James W. Bates, and our director is James Barr, and our story goes a little something like this. In Harwood County, Robo Knight observes the citizens preparing for Christmas and is confused. Why do the humans cut down pine trees and install energy-wasting colored lights? Blue Ranger Noah tries to explain to Robo Knight that Christmas is a very special time of year, where everyone strives to treat each other better and to bring about peace on Earth. Robo Knight still doesn't understand, so Noah suggests that he disguise himself as a giant toy in the shopping center so he can observe. While the other Rangers, Troy, Gia, Jake, and Emma, talk at Ernie's and then slip the finish, or in the case of Troy and Jake, begin their Christmas shopping, 
Robo Knight takes Noah's suggestion, standing like a statue in front of a toy donation drop spot. Unfortunately, he stands so perfectly still that he is thought to be a donation, and is picked up with the rest of the toys and shipped to Africa! Arriving in a small village, the children ask if he is Santa. Robo Knight says he is not, and when the children ask him to tell them a Christmas story, he tells them of his friends, the Power Rangers, and how he came to be their ally in defense of the Earth. By the end of Robo Knight's stories, all the children are asleep. Robo Knight sets up a Christmas tree and thanks to sleeping youngsters, then flies back to Harwood County in his Mechazord form. Back home, he spots a gift addressed to him from the Rangers, a snow globe with a picture of all six heroes. Robo Knight is touched and wishes a Merry Christmas to all humans and to all a good night. I was curious about this special as uh, Megaforce is something of a blind spot for me. I've seen an episode here and there, including the pilot, but not to the extent that I had seen the previous series, Samurai and Super Samurai. I ended up seeing a good portion of that one, um, catching episodes as I did. But Megaforce, I wasn't really able to do that. So I was unsure of what to really expect regarding the characters themselves or the themes that the special would cover, you know, beyond the basic holiday stuff anyway. Now, we first run into the Rangers before the credits at Ernie's Brain Freeze, the frozen yogurt bar, which they hang out at. I do remember this from the pilot episode, and being reminded of it here brought a big smile to my face. This is a clear callback, of course, to Ernie's Juice Bar from the Angel Grove days in Mighty Morphin and Zeo and Turbo, and even into uh, In Space. Now, naturally, it being a scene set at a uh, Froyo bar, there's some slapstick with a bunch of drinks spilling. But uh, without a bulk and skull analog, no one gets the drinks dumped on them, which would have been the case. Bulk and Skull would have gotten these big uh, candy cane um, frozen yogurt smoothies dumped all over them back in the day. Now, the opening credits, they're um, fairly standard, kind of what I call the Neo-Saban era, uh, what they have for the credits, a lot of quick cuts. Uh, the opening theme harkens back to the Mighty Morphin theme. Uh, I did like the clip at the very end of the legendary battle, which was the opening scene from Gokaiger, which of course features dozens of different, um, in Gokaija, it would be, you know, uh, Super Sentai in the U.S., we'd just say Rangers, fighting an army of mooks, which was, this was actually foreshadowed on the very first episode of Megaforce, and not paid off until the finale of Super Megaforce, kind of like they did with Samurai and Super Samurai, Megaforce and Super Megaforce are two 20-episode seasons. Now, in this case, uh, the uh, there was two different series, two, two different Super Sentai series that were adapted for each half. It was Go Seeger for the first half and then Go Kaiger for the second half. And so they actually used footage from Go Kaiger in the first episode of Megaforce to foreshadow what was going to be coming in the, in the second series. So I thought that was pretty neat. Now, um, even several years after the fact, this whole scene, the legendary battle, remains one of the most completely just arresting and fan-favorite pieces of Super Sentai or Power Ranger action. So, personally, I will not complain about its use, especially here in the opening credits, where you get a little glimpse of it each week. Noah tells Robo Knight that to observe humans, he needs to pretend to be a giant toy. Huh. Well, that's not the leap of logic I would have made, but sure, why not? Now, at Ernie's, the Rangers discuss Christmas shopping. Uh, the girls having completed theirs, and the boys, like I said, having not begun theirs. Now, Gia teases Jake when they're leaving, saying that she likes expensive things. The teasing relationship between these two, again, was hinted at back in the pilot, when Jake essentially ogles Gia in the hallway at school. Now, at the time, I remember this getting a fair amount of pushback, 
from a lot of fans thinking was inappropriate. But personally, I always thought that Gia knew that Jake had a crush on her and shows she was purposefully teasing him just to get his goat a little bit. And it seems from, uh, it seems that from this scene and a few other clips that are shown in the clip portions of this episode that I was fairly accurate that Gia knows that, uh, that Jake likes her and probably likes him back a bit too, but she likes messing around with him a little bit as well. Robo Knight stands perfectly still as the toy donations pile up and continues to do so after he is put on a truck, crated up, and shipped to Africa because Noah told him to stand still for 24 hours. Gotta love robots. Now the crate is stenciled simply Destination Africa. And I guess that's where they end up because we're now in a stereotypical African village. Now, the, the old-timey Power Rangers nerd in me wonders if this is Tanya's village where Aisha stayed during the Zeo quest. Probably not, but mm, that's where I went. That's where my mind went. Anyway, Robo Knight tells the kids stories of the Power Rangers, both of how uh, good a set of friends they are as well as how they fight for the Earth. And this gives opportunity for a montage showing the kids in school, uh, the kids doing teenage stuff like mountain biking and boogie boarding down a mountain. I guess, uh, along with um, a scene of the morphing and then some mook and monster fighting from the rangers. Robo Knight goes on to explain that the rangers had to trust in themselves and learn to work as a team. Common Power Rangers uh, character arc fair. Um, and, and this is done, again, primarily through clips of showing, um, you know, what, uh, a civilian asks, no, are you some kind of superhero? He goes, I guess, let's find out. So I, thought it was, I mean, it was a good overview of kind of the way the team came together. Robo Knight then tells the kids about how he awoke in the modern day, charged with defending the Earth and all the troubles that he had understanding humans and human emotions. Now, with Robo Knight telling the story and being so focused on his trials and tribulations, this is apparently the main thrust of the episode, recapping how Robo Knight has grown over the course of the first 20 episodes or so of the series. Initially, he's even seen to be fairly indifferent to humans altogether. As there's one scene we see where he's under attack from a monster, I guess in a park, and he avoids the attacks, but in doing so, he leaves the family right in the line of fire, thus forcing the rangers to defend them. They actually shoot all of the uh, the weapon, or ammunition, I guess, projectiles, whatever you want to call it, that the monster fired. They shoot them all out of the air, and then they confront Robo Knight and uh, say, you left them wide open, and he simply dismisses the rangers well together. Now, I've not seen Go Siger. So I have to assume that these sort of character traits for Robo Knight have their origins in the original. Uh, that's just going based on the typical sort of arc for a character we'd see in a Super Sentai show versus a Power Ranger show, especially for a Sixth Senshi. I could totally see that in a Super Sentai show, less so than that being kind of an original, um, original addition to the story for a Power Ranger show. Sequence also lets us see Robo Knight fighting the monster Shadow Serpent. They make a point of saying that he steals people's shadows. Just like Shadow Thief in the current run of Hawkman. That got me excited. It's like, hey, maybe they're all going to the same place. Maybe Rob Venditti watched this. I don't know. Read Hawkman, by the way. It's a great book. <clears throat> now, these sequences, both the, the Ranger montage and the Robo Knight montage, uh, what, I'm, what really stood out to me is that there's a strong ecological theme that's presented in these segments, in, especially in the dialogue. While most Power Rangers shows have ecological messages, it's a, a fairly, enough, fairly common enough uh, set of messages here, uh, it seems that Megaforce was kind of focused on them. And the last one I really remember being focused more on ecological messages was, uh, 
was Wild Forest. And even that was more um, just on the American side of it. And it didn't last as long because Wild Forest got really kind of into adapting Galranja and didn't get into some of the uh, uh, some some of the more I don't want some of the more ecological aspects of what the original presentation of the story was uh, when it started in the United States. I don't know if that makes sense, but if you watch Wild Force, you know that it does really dig into adapting Galranja, which it at the time was. Now it's very looked down upon, but at the time was somewhat welcome because it wasn't like it is now, where the Super Sentai you could easily find fan subs a few uh, hours after they air in Japan, whereas um, back then, you know, if, if you got Raws, it was years, at least months, maybe not years, but at least months later, and they were raw. They weren't even fan subbed. So getting an adaptation which stuck very closely to the Super Sentai original was was a little more welcome. But uh, this, this is not a, an episode of, of Wild Force. Um, Robonite continues telling his story. He shows us how he observed emotions, including love and a little girl falling, or uh, I think it was a little girl, a little kid falling down in the park and scraping their knee and their mother coming and picking them up and comforting them. And he doesn't understand them. And so he goes and he asks, um, he asks the rangers about them and they give, they, no, they don't really know how to answer them. He goes to Tori and says, why do humans cry? And Tori blows him off. He goes, well, talk, go talk to Emma. She knows more about crying than I do. And then when he asks Emma, she's explaining to him that she loves her, you know, that the, the mom wanted to comfort her son because she loved him. Well, Robonite, he hears it and just walks away. He didn't even let her finish. It's very, Robonite's a very kind of interesting character here in that he is very, they're leaning very much into the robotic aspects of his personality here. Now, this leads him to eventually make a friend while studying humanity at the library he grabs a bunch of books and he sits down and he runs into his kid a uh, kid is named todd who's listening to music and robonite asks what the things are in his head which are his headphones so todd teaches robonite about music which naturally leads to a scene of robonite rapping because this entire exercise is not 1990s enough apparently and from here we get some zord footage as appropriate Robonite combines uh, with a few other support zords into the Gosai Grand Megazord, eventually merges with the Gosai Great Megazord to form the Grand Great Megazord. I like seeing Gosai Grand here. He's called Gosai Ground in Japan, and actually it's very strange because they use the, the game cards. That's like the big collectible was cards for Gosaiger, and that obviously carries over to Megaforce. They all say it says uh, Gosai Ground, not Gosai Grand. Uh, so I don't know why they changed it, but Gosai Grand is, is, um, I like seeing him in action because I actually had the retro fire figure of that Megazord, but I had not seen it in action before this episode. Whatever episodes I'd caught of Megaforce had featured either the Gosai Great or one of the later ones, but not Gosai Grand. So I thought that was neat that I got a chance to see him. Uh, after this scene, Troy literally says, you truly have become the sixth ranger, which... That's a little on the nose even for Power Rangers, I think, right? Now, with all the kids uh, falling asleep, Robonite, I don't know where he gets it. He just kind of has it. He sets up a Christmas tree, and uh, he uses some of his own energy to light the lights, saying they'll stay lit through Christmas, which is both a nice gesture, also avoids a potential continuity error, since we're showing that this village doesn't have electricity. Back at the home city, the Snow Globe gift, once again, triggers that old Power Ranger nerd brain of mine, 
as it immediately brings me back to Lord Zed and Rita Repulsa being imprisoned in an Angel Grove snow globe in Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, a movie. Uh, we, uh, I covered this on Earth Destruction Directive with my good friend, the hair metal hero, Chris Tyler, back in the archives. You want to go dig that one up. That's a good episode. I like that one. Uh, Chris and I were very similar in age, so we have very uh, kind of similar uh, mindsets when it comes to the original Mighty Morphin. Overall, this special didn't really do much for me. Now, understand that Robo Knight is the main focus, but it was disappointing to get so little time with the Rangers. Both of the samurai clip shows at least featured something for our heroes to do, even if it was as simple as simply giving gifts to one another and decorate the uh, decorate their house, the, the Shiba house. Here, we basically get two short scenes with the Rangers, and that is all. They don't even show up at the end to give Robo Knight his gift, which would have been, at least been a better bookend. That instead of Robo Knight finding the gift on the rooftop, maybe uh, you know they have the gift and they're presenting it to him. Uh, the clips were nice. As I said, I haven't seen much Omega Force, so the clips were all new to me, except for the ones from the pilot. I have to applaud the choice to set this in such an unusual locale. You know, you don't think of a Power Rangers Christmas episode ending up in Africa, so I thought that was creative. Overall, though, it didn't leave much of an impression on me. The Christmas trappings are pretty minimal compared to others from the same era, from this uh, Neo-Saban era. So, while it's certainly not as just downright bizarre as Alpha's Magical Christmas, uh, nor did it reach the levels of having Goldar and Rito invade the North Pole. And, you know, the Robo Night Before Christmas, it's watchable, but ultimately skippable. If, if you want to pass over this one during your Megaforce watch through, no one's going to no give you any grief. But if you decide to watch it, throw it on for the kids, that's okay too. As I said, you can find the DVD on Amazon, or you can see the special on Netflix. Uh, I checked it this morning, the DVD's not very expensive. Like I said, it's only the three episodes and they're just random episodes almost. So uh, if, if you if you want this just to complete your Megaforce collection, I I don't yeah I don't believe this was in, in fact I'm almost 100 certain this was not on the complete Megaforce um, DVD set that came out following the end of that series. So you know it's the end of the year now. Uh, I was on these episodes besides talking about uh, Power Rangers Christmases. I always like to kind of look back, look at the year and review a little bit. Uh, this episode actually makes the 10th episode released in 2019. And as we talked about in our All Monsters Attack episode, the show has actually rolled over 100 total releases, if you count episodes, guidance, and the one special. Uh, now, that number of 10 episodes, that's down from 2018. But looking back over the years, that's about the annual average is around 10 is what I've, I've managed to get out, you know. Uh, that's I always strive to do more, but that seems to be about where I end up, even though I obviously I shoot for 12 at a minimum. Now, in 2019, we hit a pair of content milestones, kind of. Uh, actually, we covered both Godzilla vs. Destoroyah and Godzilla Final Wars, meaning that we have finished up our coverage of both the Heisei and Millennium Eras for Godzilla, uh, which is, is pretty pretty incredible since the um, we covered in the first year of the show, I covered a Heisei and a Millennium. I, back then, I wasn't quite doing everything in order. So the first Heisei one we did in order, which was Godzilla 1985, aka Return of Godzilla, in, um, I want to say that's episode three of our Destruction Directive. And then not too long after that, we actually watched Godzilla X Mega Gearus. So we it's been, it's been a few years coming, but we've we've finished both of those sets of, of films. And I'm, uh, like I said, something of a, of a content milestone for me. Uh, we also finished up the Marvel Godzilla. Now, believe it or not, we started out on issue one 
in episode 44, way back in October 2015. That is, I didn't realize it had been uh, four years, essentially, that we had been doing Marvel Godzilla, but with, you know, uh, episodes that had guests or uh, were, you know, otherwise we couldn't cover a comic. And there also being 24 issues as opposed to the 20 issues of Shogun Warriors. It really just took a, took a while to get through that. And I was, I had a lot of fun reading it. I know that, you know, there's a lot of people online don't seem to like that series and kind of dump on it, but I enjoyed it. And I enjoyed it an awful lot reading through it and talking about it with everyone here. I mean, that's, uh, as much as I enjoyed Shogun Warriors, I enjoyed Godzilla even more just because it had so much to do with the Marvel Universe in certain ways. And then in other ways, it had absolutely nothing to do with the Marvel Universe. And it was just a, a lot of fun. And uh, that, that's why I'm, I'm covering the, uh, the Marvel books we're doing now. We've got a few more of those left that we're going to get to next year. So uh, we've got a couple more uh, Godzilla and Red Ronin appearances uh, to cover. Um, now, we had three guests on the show this year. We had Dr. Bill Robinson, who had previously been on. Uh, first-timer guest, Gene Hendricks. Of course, two of them uh, are anime freaks. They did The War in Space with me, one of, a, one of my favorite episodes from this season. And my very close real-life friend, Adam Tebow, he was another first-time guest talking about Godzilla Final Wars. That makes good on a promise I made to him many years ago when he said, hey, when you get to Final Wars, I want to talk about it. So uh, made sure to get Adam on for that. Now, next year, as we roll down the road to Godzilla vs. Kong in November, uh, I'm hoping to have on more guests, if only so that you don't have to listen to me all the time. I know that must get, you know, irritating. I hear my voice all the time, and I know what that sounds like. can't imagine for you folks. Um, now, speaking of next year, besides covering the MonsterVerse on the, like I said, the road to Godzilla vs. Kong, right now, uh, I'm slated to finish the Showa-era Gamera series with Super Monster Gamera along with the Daimajin series with Wrath of Daimajin. Those are both on the schedule for 2020. Also scheduled is one of my all-time favorite Ultraman episodes from any series, bar none, My Home is Earth, which I have been very much looking forward to watching on the Blu-ray. been very much looking forward to covering that here on the show. Uh, the big event in 2020, of course, as I think that is Godzilla vs. Kong. I plan on ramping up the MonsterVerse content as we head towards November to really push us and get ready to be hyped up for Godzilla vs. Kong. Now, of course, uh, card is subject to change, as we say in the pro wrestling world, but please look forward to that. And, uh, you know, just, like I said, I've got the year kind of mapped out. Is there anything particular you want to see? Shoot me an email, artdestructiondirective at yahoo.com. Let me know, and we'll, we'll try and work it out, you know. We're not set in stone here, other than November Godzilla vs. Kong. That's, that's a pretty hard one, as long as they don't move it again. Um, you know, it's, uh, as I said, at this time, I always like to kind of look back and, you know, the holiday season, they, they talk about in this, on this very episode, it's a special time, you know, and, uh, I, I try to be, you know, thoughtful and mindful of all the, all the things I have in my life and all the, uh, the blessings that I have, uh, my family and my health, um, you know, the, the ability to have the opportunity to do this show and to talk to all of you out there and talk to you about giant monsters and why they excite me and interest me so much and to talk back and forth with you and get feedback from you guys. It's, uh, you know, and, and so I say this every year and I really do mean this, please, you know, think about not only all the blessings that you have in your life, you know, all the things that, that you have to be thankful for, but think about others that maybe aren't as, uh, as blessed as you or I are, people in your own community, people at work, people in your church, people in your community that maybe don't have as much to be thankful for and reach out to them 
Um, you know, one, one thing I'm a, I'm, I'm big on, you know, um, I, I read a lot of fatherhood blogs and, and stuff like that. And one thing I always see is that this time of year is especially tough if you uh, know a parent who's going through a separation or a divorce, uh, man, you know, a man or a woman, uh, to, to reach out to them because this is a very tough time for them because, you know, the holidays are all about family and togetherness and by definition they can't be. So maybe you know someone like that, again, in your community, in your work, in your church that you can reach out to. Uh, I want to wish everyone a Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah. Uh, joyous Kwanzaa, whatever it is you celebrate this time of year. There's a lot of holidays kind of clustered here at the end of the year. So whatever uh, you celebrate, whatever traditions and celebrations that uh, mean something to you and your family, I hope that everything goes great for that and that you guys have a great holiday season. Uh, I want to wish everyone a safe, safe, emphasis on safe holiday season, especially New Year's Eve. Remember, if you're going to be out there partaking uh, at the end of 2019 to, uh, you know, be aware of what you're doing, you know, situational awareness. Uh, don't get behind the wheel of a car if you've been drinking. Get an Uber. Get a place to crash. Get a designated driver. Uh, even if you're sober, consider staying off the roads because someone else might not be. Just be safe. You know, I, I said this in the uh, Godzilla's Revenge episode is that this is not an act. This is not a, sh a work. This is a shoot. I, I boom, you know, safety is a big deal to me and take care of yourself and taking care of others. Uh, you know, so don't just, you know, take care of your, 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 your fellow nerds out there uh, this this holiday season, keep everybody safe. Let's start 2020 on a, on a high note and uh, not, uh, you know, not injured or dead. So um, thank you, everyone, for listening. I, I say this all the time, and I, and I mean it. Um, this podcast is a labor of love. Uh, it, it is born out of my love of giant monsters and my desire to, to talk to others about it and to spread spread the word of giant monsters, basically. So I, I really appreciate every single listener, uh, whether you're, you know, whether you, you send me an email, whether you give me a like on Facebook or retweet on Twitter or just listen or, or just listen. That's all it is. I appreciate every one of you because the show would not exist without all of y'all. And I mean that from the absolute bottom of my heart. Uh, you know, the, the support that I've gotten for this show over the years uh, has, has been tremendous. Even going back to the very early days and people tell me, your audio sucks. You know, and you try to take it as constructive and move on, right? But uh, I, I really do appreciate everyone downloading and listening to the show. And, and I, I hope that I am meeting uh, your expectations and entertaining you and educating you and amusing you with my show. And that uh, you continue to support the show because I, I really do appreciate it. Uh, thank you very much for listening in 2019. Please come back in 2020. I think we're going to have a great year. Uh, you know, like I said, Godzilla vs. Khan is going to put giant monsters back in everyone's awareness again as we uh, run into the fall. Uh, right now, you know, uh, it's Star Wars time as I'm recording this, so I'll be interesting to uh, once we get get past that, get past whatever superhero movies we've got, and then get down into the uh, the monsters as the uh, the days begin to grow shorter as we approach the winter. Uh, uh, <laughs> Uh, as I, um, I, I say again, this is something I say in every episode, but um, I just want to reiterate it as we're ending 2019. Earth Destruction Directive is for everyone. All are welcome to Earth Destruction Directive. If you want to be part of this community, if you want to talk about giant monsters, if you want to learn about giant monsters, then this, this is an open community to you, and you are welcome here, and all opinions are uh, not necessarily agreed with, but they are listened to. So <laughs> I think that's only fair. 
so again, thank you very much for listening. Thank you for your support in 2019. I uh, would look forward to your support continuing in 2020. Look forward to this being the best podcast that I can produce. And I thank you once again from the bottom of my heart for your, your for listening and for supporting the show. Uh, thank you, everyone. Keep them stomping. And Merry Christmas. Oh, tidings of comfort and joy. Oh, tidings of comfort and joy. This has been Earth Destruction Directive, a Dai Kaiju podcast, produced and created by me, Luke Jackanetti, as part of the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Network, available at twotruefreaks.com. This is a fan work celebrating the history and culture of Japanese giant monsters. All movies, TV shows, comic books, characters, and other intellectual property is copyright their respective copyright holders, and no infringement is intended or implied. If you'd like to send an email to the show, you can email me at earthdestructiondirective at yahoo.com. I respond to all emails, and if you send in some comments, I'll read them on the show. All episodes of Earth Destruction Directive can be found at twotruefreaks.com. You can also find the show on iTunes. Just search for Earth Destruction Directive. You can even leave an iTunes review if you want. You can get in touch with the show on Facebook. Just search for Earth Destruction as the first name and Directive as the last name. You can also get in touch with me on Twitter with the handle LJacone. That's L-J-A-C-O-N-E. And if you want to buy something discussed on the show, head on over to twotruefreaks.com and click on the Amazon.com link on the front page. Any items you buy during your session on Amazon.com will help keep the lights on, and it won't cost you anything extra. Thanks for listening, and be sure to come back next time for more city-stomping fun on Earth Destruction Directive.
Tune in next time to hear the crusty old podcaster from Oklahoma say, There's a WTF <laughs> moment if I ever saw one. Well, it's big and terrible. More frightening than I ever thought possible.